today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. It's the testing of the spirits. So here's what it will look like in the life of a Christian. Somebody comes and they start trying to play games with the Scripture, and it starts spreading confusion, and then here's your discernment. And you can say, this is what God's Word says. I'm unmoved by you. You can't phase me. You can't move me. You can't confuse me. Have you ever left an argument and started to second-guess what you believe? In today's message, Pastor J.D. shares that God wants you to have a firm foundation in His Word. When you're rooted in the truth of the Bible, you'll be able to discern what is from the Lord and what is simply a ploy to pull you away from Him. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in 2 Timothy chapter 2 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Paul says, not only is arguing of no value, I mean, what do you, what do you accomplish? Here's a question. Sincerely, think about this question. Think through this question with me. Have you ever argued somebody into the kingdom? No, seriously, here you are, you're sharing the gospel, you're witnessing with somebody, you're just, you know, and you're yelling at them, they're yelling back, and then finally, boom, they just realize, oh my goodness, you're right, how do I, what must I do to be saved? I've never had that happen. Have you? I doubt that you have. Think about Romans 2.4, I just thought of this, this I think is the Holy Spirit, it's the kindness of God that leads a man to repentance, the kindness of God. So he says, first of all, it, it, it has no value. It will accomplish absolutely nothing. And more than that, it actually ruins, harms, hurts, injures those who engage in it. The second one, in verse 15, it brings shame. What Paul is saying when He says, present yourselves to God approved. And if you do, you won't be embarrassed or ashamed if you handle God's Word correctly. Now, some of your translations render it rightly dividing the Word of truth. I think it's a better translation because think of it this way. To rightly divide is to to divide it evenly, rightly. So you're dividing it, and there's an equal amount on this side as there is on this side. It's not lopsided or one-sided. Stay with me. So when you rightly divide, correctly handle the Word of God, you're not going to be embarrassed or ashamed or called out on not rightly dividing God's Word. To rightly and correctly divide God's Word is to have a balanced understanding of God's Word. And here again, it seems that what was happening at this time when Paul was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write it was, they were taking issue with everything. Oh, the resurrection's already happened. Akin to what he wrote to the church in Thessalonica. The rapture's already happened. 
which is why he had to write the second letter. The rapture's not happened. I know there are those, we, we talked about it today in chapter 2 of Second Thessalonians, by some letter there was a forged letter that was making its way around that supposedly was from Paul saying, you missed the rapture, you're in the tribulation, have a nice afternoon. Aloha. (laughs) And the Thessalonians are going, no way, they're freaking out. And Paul gets word and he says, (laughs) and he writes the second letter to the Thessalonians and says, you've not missed the rapture. Who told you that? And look at the damage that was done because of that. All because they didn't rightly divide the word of truth. We're going to see this more in a moment. Number three, spreads like cancer. This is in verses 16 through 18. This is perhaps amongst the most destructive consequences of arguing. I mean, for Paul to liken it to cancer, or even gangrene for that matter, it metastasizes, it spreads, just like cancer does, throughout the body. And that's what happens to the body of Christ. It spreads like a cancer. And so much so that in the end, it leads to a departing from the truth at best, and the actual destroying of some people's faith at worst. Just like you've likely never argued somebody into the kingdom, I wonder, have we ever argued somebody out of the kingdom? That's what Paul's saying here. Does not cancer kill? When it spreads throughout the body, it's game over. And so too does a combative spirit, an argumentative Christian, a quarreling Christian, it can spread like a cancer. Number four, verse 19, it leads to confusion. This is interesting for a number of reasons, chief of which is that Paul reminds Timothy that no matter what, and this is important, please listen, God's Word stands firm. Okay, so I'm on the receiving end of this letter saying, uh, the rapture's already happened, you're in the tribulation. Wait, 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 wait. You're confusing me. Wait, not if you're rightly dividing the Word of truth, because if you're rightly dividing the Word of truth, you stand firm. Why do you stand firm? Because God's Word is the final Word, and you can stand firm on that, and nothing moves you. So here comes this false teaching, and it's spreading like cancer and causing confusion, (laughs) and here you are. Is that bad? I don't mean to make that sound like in a proudful way, but, but, but it's a sanctified confidence. No, no, no. I know what God's Word says. I've rightly divided God's Word. 
you're sowing confusion. Uh, you're starting an argument. And, and by the way, this comes packaged with discernment. It's the discernment of the spirits. It's the testing of the spirits. So here's what it will look like in the life of a Christian. Somebody comes and they start trying to play games with the Scripture, and it starts spreading confusion. And then here's your discernment. And you can say, this is what God's Word says. I'm unmoved by you. You can't phase me. You can't move me. You can't confuse me. You're the one that's confused. I would like to unconfuse you. I want to lay hands on you in Jesus' name. No, no, don't do that. Don't do that. While arguing and fighting oftentimes leads to confusion, we need not be moved or shaken if we're solid doctrinally. And by the way, I may bring it up again, but I'm going to at least bring it up now. This is so true when it comes to the sound doctrine of the pre-tribulation rapture. You know, it's interesting, in 2 Thessalonians, Paul is very clear to say to the Thessalonians, I know you're unsettled because of this forged letter, that you've missed the rapture, that you're in the tribulation. I know you're alarmed. Don't be unsettled. Don't be alarmed. You need to stand firm on the Word of God. So here's how that works again. I'm looking at the, everything that's happening in the world, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, maybe we are. Maybe I didn't rightly divide God's Word. Maybe, I, maybe I'm wrong. No. Then you're going to be tossed about to and fro, back and forth, up and down, unstable. And God does not want you to be unstable. He wants you to be stable and stand firm on His Word. So here comes that wave of doctrine, that wind of doctrine. It just, oh, thanks for the breeze. It's kind of, it was getting a little bit warm, a little trade wind. Breeze is nice. But if you're not solid, stable, standing firm, it's going to blow you over, blow you away, knock you down, move you, and you're going to be unstable, back and forth. I don't know. Stop. Number five. This is a biggie. Did I say that about the other ones? Well, this is a biggie, biggie. Okay. It hinders God's use of me. I don't know if it's possible to overstate the importance of what Paul says here in verses 20 and 21 concerning instruments useful to God. It, it's almost like it's parenthetical. I mean, he's talking about warning God's people, reminding God's people about arguing and being quarrelsome. The servant of the Lord must not be quarrelsome. And then he goes off talking about in-house. You have these vessels like, Paul, wait, what, what, where, where are you going with this? Wait, wait, whoa, wait, wait, no, no, watch this. You've got these vessels, gold, silver, valuable, special, over here. 
Then over here you got the, the wood, the bamboo, if you want. And that, that's common use. But when it's something special, you pull out the fan. Silverware. And the, the china, the gold, and the, the pl- oh, this is a special thing. Oh, yeah. Here's what Paul's saying. When you're given over to this, I can't use you for that special purpose, that work as a vessel that I desire to use you for, because you're marred. You know what the word profane means? I mean, when, when you hear that word, you think profanity, foul, vile, and certainly it is that, but the actual meaning of profane is to make common. When you profane the name of Jesus Christ, you are bringing the name of Jesus Christ, the only name given among men whereby we must be saved. You're bringing it down and you're making it common. That's profane. God wants to use vessels that are not marred, profaned, for His special purpose to do His special work. I think of it like this, I mean, just the way I think. (laughs) But I picture God, He's got this project, He's got this mission. And the eyes of the Lord are searching to and fro throughout the earth, looking for a vessel, a heart that is fully devoted to Him. And when he finds one, wow, watch me now. And he is strong on their behalf. He does grand and glorious things because he can. So here's the eyes of the Lord. And here's me. So he's scanning, he's searching throughout the earth. And he comes to the islands. He comes to the windward side of Oahu, and he says, oh, oh, I could have, I so wanted to, but I can't. I can't use him for this. Oh, I wish I could. Maybe the time will come that I can, but I can't use him when he's like that. I need a servant who's not quarrelsome because I have this special mission that I need to send somebody on that requires kindness and gentleness and meekness and patience. Oh, patience. And he's impatient. He's not loving. He's unkind. Instead of being gentle, he's harsh can't use them. The sixth one in verses 22 through 24 is that it exposes immaturity. I I chose to word it like this for a reason. I think you'll see why here in a moment. But the point that Paul is making here can be easily missed at first read because it relates to young people. 
And isn't it true, and wouldn't you agree, that when you're young, you have more of a proclivity for this? I'm convinced, I know in my own life, again, I'll just speak for myself, when you're younger, you have a lot more energy. When you get older, it's kind of like, (laughs) my wife and I were talking one day, and we were musing over how, you know, we don't really argue much anymore. And of course, being the, you know, spiritually proud man of faith that I am, I chalked it up to, you know, spiritual maturity. Well, it's because we're so godly. And (laughs) and the Holy Spirit's going, really? Really? That's what you think? No, it's not because you're godly, it's because you're exhausted. I mean, you're, you're looking at this thing, and you're thinking, and you ask yourself the question, you know, uh, is it worth it? Nah, let it go. <laughs> now when you're younger, oh, really? Me? What about you? That's the pot calling the kettle black. I mean, you go on and on and on. Well, there's something to be said about physical and spiritual immaturity, but here's the thing. When you're young, you're more easily drawn into foolish, and I'm going to say it again, you'll forgive me, stupid arguments. When you're older and hopefully wiser, wisdom, you realize, nah, I would be foolish. To, it's going to accomplish nothing. It's going to ruin, harm, hurt, injure. It's not worth it. And I think when you're younger and prone to this, it's evidence of your immaturity. Now let's talk about it in the spiritual sense. And it goes back to rightly dividing the word of truth. Have you ever considered that many of the arguments you get into, whether it's a husband-wife relationship in the marriage, children in parenting, co-workers in the work arena? I mean, you can just take it across the board in every arena of life. Consider this. Could it be that many of your arguments are evidence of your spiritual immaturity? I think about the writer of Hebrews. I, I don't like it, but it's true. The writer of Hebrews writes very, again, explicitly about, I mean, it's a scathing rebuke. You know, you guys are still on milk. You should be teaching God's Word right now. But you never matured. You never teethed so that you can handle meat. You still need milk. That's spiritual immaturity. And I would venture to say and suggest that many of our arguments are simply because we're spiritually immature. I've heard it said, and I believe it to be very true, painfully true if I can say it like that, that the highest mark of spiritual maturity 
is when you can come to that place where you agree to disagree agreeably. That's spiritual maturity. That's spiritual maturity. Well, I wanted to save more time for this last one in verses 25 and 26. It traps me. It's a trap. It's a snare. It's the devil's trap. It's almost like Paul is saving the worst for last. You know how we say the best for last? This is the worst for last. It's kind of like, man, if this couldn't get bad enough, it just did. (laughs) When things couldn't get any worse, Paul has to say what he says here. Think about this. Now, this is where rightly dividing the word of truth comes in. A born-again Christian cannot be demon-possessed. Okay? That's impossible. That's impossible. That's why, again, when if you're not doctrinally settled and stable and set and standing, you'll hear about these deliverance ministries where they're actually casting demons out of Christians. That is not true. If there's an actual demon in that person and they're being cast out, they're not a Christian. They can't be. A demonic spirit cannot reside in a Christian who is filled with the Holy Spirit, sealed by the Holy Spirit, indwelling them. That's impossible. So the reason I mention that and and emphasize that is because for Paul to say this about Christians, that seems to indicate that while Christians cannot be demon-possessed, Christians can be demon-oppressed. Let me explain. Satan can get a hold of a Christian, a stronghold on a Christian's life, to where he can maneuver them, position them, and even cause them to do what He wants them to do. What does He want them to do? Oh, so discord. So discord. You know, many a ministry, many a church, and I would even venture to say many a marriage and a family has been destroyed from within. The gates of hell cannot prevail against the church from without. But from within, and Satan knows that. He doesn't want you to know that. It's easy to read the book of 2 Timothy and think it only applies to pastors. But the Word of God is always inclusive. This means you can glean something from every page, no matter who you are. So don't let your social status, job, age, or how long you've been a Christian hinder you from diving into the Bible. It's full of wisdom that you can apply to your life. As you listen to Pastor J.D.'s message today, we pray your faith was impacted in a powerful way. If you missed any part of this message or would like to hear others like it, just visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. There, you'll find an archive of teachings as well as other helpful tools in your walk with the Lord. 
We always love to hear from our listeners, too. If you have a specific prayer request or any questions, please don't hesitate to get in touch with us through our contact form on our website. Again, that's inspiritandtruthradio.com. You'll find it under the About tab. If you're in the Kaneohe area, we'd love to connect and have you join us for our worship services. Always feel free to bring your friends and family along, too. It's a great time of fellowship and learning about God with Pastor J.D. Be sure to let us know that you're a listener of In Spirit and Truth when you visit. You can find out more about Calvary Chapel Kaneohe at our website or find us on our media platforms to stay up to date with all things concerning Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. With that, our time with you has come to an end. Thanks for being part of our study in the book of 2 Timothy here today. We hope you'll tune in again right here on In Spirit and Truth. Holy.